KCRW sponsors include Make It Universal and Rotten Tomatoes, presenting Scene on the Screen with Jacqueline Coley, a new podcast about the people at NBC Universal and the movies that define them. Available wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. I'm Joe Morgenstern, the film critic of The Wall Street Journal. All too often, the trailer's better than the movie, but that's not the case with Star Trek. If you want to know why this huge production will be a huge success and why it deserves to be, you can find the answer in the terrific trailer that's been showing for many months. It's in the first sequence when a classic red Corvette hurtles down a dirt road, followed by a robocop in a 23rd century hover car. The Corvette goes over a cliff, but not before the preteen driver bails out claws his way back up to level ground and, responding to the cop's demand for an ID, says, My name is James Tiberius Kirk. Star Trek goes back to the legend's roots with a boldness that brings a fatigued franchise back to life. It feels exactly right that Captain Kirk should have been a rebellious Iowa farm boy with a passion for antique cars, a gnawing sense of purpose, and a penchant, as the new movie soon reveals, for barroom brawls. It also feels right that he's played as a young man by an appealing actor, Chris Pine, who bears a more-than-passing facial resemblance to Montgomery Lift. The movie starts with interstellar action at supernova intensity and a splendid Romulan villain, Captain Nero, who's played by Eric Bana. Each one of the now iconic members of the Enterprise's crew gets rising star treatment. That includes a young Scotty, played with irresistible verve by Simon Pegg, and Zoe Saldana's extremely alluring Uhura. But the most interesting part is the evolution of First Officer Spock and the tangled roots of his relationship with Jim Kirk. The young Spock is played by Zachary Quinto, and he makes the most of the clever writing. Instead of being confined by the steely Vulcan logic that came to dominate Spock's personality, the script revels in Spock's all-too-human emotions, the anger that fuels his sometimes violent rivalry with Kirk, the passion he feels for Uhura, who says ever so sexily as he's taking his leave of her, I'll be monitoring your frequency. That evolution doesn't stop at Spock's youth. In the best of the production's bold strokes, Leonard Nimoy closes the circle by giving a lovely layered performance in the role he said he'd never play again. Thanks to the intricate manipulation of time, the elder Spock, dubbed Spock Prime, doesn't just come on board, he becomes the movie's heart and soul. In a marketing move that's as shrewd as it is amusing, today's opening of Star Trek will be followed by next Tuesday's DVD re-release of Galaxy Quest, an inspired Star Trek parody. The plot of that 1999 feature film turns on a cosmic joke. A desperate band of Thermians, the last survivors of a distant planet, come to Earth seeking help from the washed-up actors of a worn-out TV series called Galaxy Quest. They've been watching the series from its inception, and they've mistaken the tacky episodes for historical texts. From the perspective of pop culture, though, it's not a mistake at all. For generations of Earthlings, and not just the Trekkies among us, all those endless iterations of Star Trek, tacky or taut, stylish or silly, they've become personal history. That's why it's so stirring to see old Spock up there on the same screen as the ardent kids who grew up to be his peers. We've traveled light years in their company. 
I'm Joe Morgenstern. I'll be back on KCRW next week with more reviews. KCRW sponsors include Make It Universal and Rotten Tomatoes, presenting Scene on the Screen with Jacqueline Coley, a new podcast about the people at NBC Universal and the movies that define them. Available wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts.